Thank you all for coming. Welcome. My name is Jonathan Silk. I'm a professor in the study of Buddhism in Leiden University. And it's my uh, pleasure and my honor to introduce our guest this evening. First, just uh, very briefly to tell you that we teach and do research in a range of uh, areas concerned with Buddhist culture and Tibetan culture. Here in Leiden University, we teach Tibetan classical Tibetan language, we teach Sanskrit, Chinese, Japanese, Korean. We offer a range of courses from Introduction to Buddhism through several specialized courses, including a course, in fact, the next term in Tibetan Buddhism. We offer a variety of degrees which allow one to concentrate in the study of Buddhism. If you're further interested in anything about this, please feel free to contact me. Our guest this evening is Kempo Sudagi, as you know. He was born in Kham, in eastern Tibet in 1962, ordained as a monk in 1985. He studied at the Lungar, founded by his master, Kenbo Jingmei Kunsal. This eventually became a huge complex, offering monastic education and religious support to surrounding communities. It nominally belonged to the Nyingma school, and particularly to the Dzogchen orientation, but overall is rather ecumenical. There are many reasons that the Lungar is interesting, among these being that, like the great monastic universities of the past, but rather rare today, it draws students from across the Tibetan world. Moreover, it is the first such monastic university to grant women the degree of Kenpo, roughly the PhD for monastics in this tradition. A great many Han Chinese have also been drawn to Lamunga. It was in this sort of environment then that our guest, Kenpo Sudagi, was trained, studying a range of scholastic topics. Fluent in both Tibetan and Chinese, he has become one of the most well-known advocates of Tibetan Buddhism, especially in China. Moreover, he has made great efforts to speak at universities both within China and outside, particularly in Europe and North America. This evening we are pleased that he has made time earlier in the day for discussions with students, and this evening we are pleased to welcome him here in this large hall in Leiden University for a discussion with Dr. Berti Gansa, a specialist in Tibetan monasticism. Our format this evening will be that Dr. Yansa will conduct, conduct a discussion with Kempo, who will speak in Chinese, which will be translated by Ms. Chamakir. After this conversation, audience members will be invited to ask questions. Leiden University is delighted to welcome Kempo Sadagi here, and we look forward to an interesting discussion. So I am um, meant to be moderating this discussion tonight. Uh, my name is Bertie Janssen. And the title of uh, this talk tonight, uh, the thing that we were initially interested in, is uh, the appeal of Tibetan Buddhism um, to the young and the urban, particularly uh, within uh, mainland uh, China. And this is something that we have... Uh, seen obviously after the opening up or the freeing up of uh, religious practice uh, in uh, Tibetan areas, in Chinese areas. Um, and this has obviously brought about uh, a lot of changes. And uh, my first 
question or uh, topic I would like to request the Kimball to speak about uh, is uh, exactly what kind of, since the opening up of religious freedom, the loosening of the uh, control on religious freedom or religious practice, what has changed both in Tibetan areas and in uh, in uh, uh, other areas in the PRC? Jinjian 然后我们这边有健身部室title of today is why Tibetan Buddhism appears to young and urban. And that uh, because I was requested to speak in Chinese and translated into English. So that's why it happens in this way. However, I think if I speak in Tibetan and then Dr. Yemsen and other people can translate it from Tibetan into uh, English or Dutch or something like that. For Kenbu himself, because Chinese is his second language, and for you, because you're Dutch, and now you're listening to English. That's also not a second language for you, so it sounds like a little weird, but I think it's okay. And I think it's also openness and tolerance for all of us. Um,刚才,呃,前身部室的问题呢,呃,我以前没有怎么思考,嗯,但实际上, 宗教的这种开放和没有开放呢这些被烧烧毁完了的这个枪毙当中呢就是经常找到一些藤卡佛经啊佛像啊他的脆片到后来巴黎应该也就巴黎年就是从那个时候呢就已经算是可以恢复了那恢复之后呢在藏地很多地
呃，当然这样的这种类似的话呢，就是可能很多地方呢就是比较明显。Um, so first, um, at that time, my monastery in my hometown, it was destroyed, and there are only walls burned, destroyed. That's what we can see at that time. And we can find tankas, Buddha statues, the residues around the, the ground. And after 1980, after religion has opened up, then everything is kind of like restored. And uh, the monasteries are rebuilt, and the monastics can go back to their monasteries and continue their study. And uh, then they have the opportunity to continue their study. And also during that time in 1980, um, that's the time when Narangal was built up. And also my own monastery also rebuilt during that time. Thank you very much, and it. Could maybe see um, Lavanga, perhaps the foundation of Lavanga, as sort of a symbol of this opening up of religious practice. Exactly uh, in the same year that everything became um, easier, uh, at least in, in certain areas. Um, I would like to now um, ask or bring up for discussion maybe the main topic of uh, this evening. Um, that we see that um, Tibetan Buddhism, particularly in um, PRC, is very attractive. Seems to be very attractive to um, educated and young urban uh, Han Chinese. Um, and I would like to ask the Kimbo what his thoughts are on what exactly it is that is attractive to these uh, to these people, um, and also how.呃，关于这个问题呢，因为今天我们呃所所探讨的呃话题，嗯，呃，那么我在这里呢，可能稍微花一点时间，就呃做一点呃简单的分析。嗯，本来呃你们啊这个河南呢。呃，从某种意义上面讲，可能呃跟我们的这个文化，还有跟我们的呃，包括就是很多地方有一定的差别。嗯，比如说我是来自呃这个藏地，嗯，海拔四千米以上的地方，而你们呢，呃，是住在就
呃，汉地呃大城市里面的年轻人，呃，做交流呢，就是今年接近有三十年的时间，所以从我的一些经验的话呢，也可以呃跟大家做一个简单的分享。So, um, first, I want to say, um, the first thing that I think, um, uh, I want to say about uh, today's topic is, um, although Um, I, uh, we are very different in uh, our cultural background and also the environment. For example, I'm from a place where the elevation is more than 4,000 meters. And here you are at the place where you are kind of under the sea level. So we are geographically very different environment. Um, but at the same time, I think what we are pursuing in our life, um, the goal of our life, and also the suffering and happiness in our mind are the same. And for myself, because I studied uh, Buddhism and also Chinese Buddhism, Tibetan Buddhism, and I also teach uh, a lot of Chinese students, a lot of them are very young, they are young people, and uh, almost uh, 30 years. So I think I have some experience that I can share with you today. Uh,应该说,不管是汉地还是西方人,很多人非常向往,绝对哪里有一种生命感。Uh,哪里呢?呃,应该,呃,如今吸引,就是很多很多的人。Uh,从一方面讲,呃,为什么是西藏人,呃
，它是需要有一种双双重的，有精神和物质的层面的。呃，而很多人呢，可能物质发展的很不错，也许可能在精神上面存在很多很多的问题。那么，如今的年轻人呢，也不例外。啊，我觉得年轻人呢，一方面，呃，有很多的优点，因为年轻人他有一种充满热情、充满激情，有许多的一些创造和想象力。嗯，他们很想，呃，在自己的人生当中呢，呃，享受我非常幸福的这种生活，同时呢。为社会和为人类做出很大的贡献，所以我们经常叫做热热血青年。热血青年的话，他的这种好药性，他的这种感情就是非常丰富，这就是很多年轻人的优优势。Enthusiastic and also creative, and you want to enjoy happy life, and at the same time you want to do contribution to society and to mankind, and that's why uh, young people are totally um, very passionate, and uh, I think that's the advantage of young people. 除了年轻人以外的一些中年人，那么他们虽然没有这么样的热情，因为人。年龄到了一定的时候，不管是感情、生活，以及对工作的话呢，都感觉到仅此而已。好像人生再怎么奋斗，也是是，只要你相处完了以后呢，其实除了这个以外，也没有什么值得。但是呢，这些中年人的话，他有一个丰富的经验，也有一种哦呃人生的这种阅历。就是他有很多方面的成熟的思想。And for、um, middle-aged middle-aged people,、um, they may be less passionate, but、uh, at the same time, they think、uh, there's nothing new for their relationship, for their、um, life, for their job, and、uh, so they、uh, kind of just、uh, live their life in a way、um, that is. Kind of just、uh, as it is, they don't、uh, really try to find new things. However, for middle-aged people, they have more experience. They are more mature than young people. So, now, Buddhism why attracts so many middle-aged people? Actually, middle-aged people are not completely attracted to a homogeneous relationship. They should be. 有一种开放的思想和多样化的文化，他的追求，只要有道理束缚他的时候，他愿意接受。如果没有
呃很好的理由的话，啊，那么年轻人，尤其是现在，呃，网络这么发达的就这样的一个科技时代呢，很多人都不愿意接受，甚至可能呃有些宗教的教主和父母告诉他的话呢，他不一定很接受。It's not because something is、uh, has its authority or its authority. It's because they want to find things which can convince them. If you can really convince them with some reasoning, with some theories, good principles, then they they can accept that. And、uh, because nowadays、uh, the advanced science and technology and also internet, so they can. They are exposed to a lot of knowledge, so they will not just accept things that it's because their parents tell them something, or it's because it's a, a religious leader tells them something. Not, that's not the case. They want something that very convincing.